0: Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for Kingdom conversations with Kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the Word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Leviticus 17 and verse 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your sins. Atonement is a big fancy word for paying the price for your souls, for it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with what? Blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Amen. Now, let's skip over to Luke 24, starting in verse 1. It says here, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Come on, somebody. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them, Gleaming in clothing. And as the women were, women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why are you seeking the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be handed over to sinful men and be crucified On the third day, and on the third day, rise from the dead. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the next couple of moments that you would illuminate my mind as I try to preach your word today, talking about your blood sacrifice that is good for all time and for all of eternity. Jesus, we worship you and we thank you that you endured the cross. Because of the joy set before you, which is the individuals in the room today. Father, we thank you. We love you, honor you, and praise you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray and the church said, Amen. You may be seated. If you're feeling a little crowded or want to get some space, we have some overflow chairs up here up front. And there's some other seating to the left there if you want to move around a little bit. So I entitled my message, Don't Get It Twisted. The blood still works. Come on, somebody. I said the blood of Jesus still works. We got to start preaching the blood. We need to start talking about the blood of Jesus because it ain't nothing but the blood of Jesus that can change you, heal you, and set you free. And I'm going to get to my point of exactly what I mean by that here shortly and here in just a minute but to start out i'm going to put my teaching hat on for just a couple of moments so that you can understand what it is that i'm about to get really excited about and about to get really fired up and i might shout dance and sing and scare some of y'all off this morning if you're visiting But I want to speak to you and break down this real quick about Old Testament sacrifice and what it means and why it had to happen and why were they killing animals and why were they slaying animals so that y'all can stay with me for just a second. So just bear with me for a couple of moments because there's a lot of folks out there that hear the story of the gospel and they hear about the Old Testament and they're thinking, well, what in the world does this have to do with us and today? And why did there have to be bloodshed? And why was animal sacrifice? That sounds kind of like paganistic, almost sounds like, what What, what in the world do you mean? Why, why would there have to be bloodshed? Why would there have to be animal sacrifices? And let me help us this morning. It's, it's because of Genesis 3 and verse 21. See, when sin crept into the world, God, who loves his creation, who does not love like we love, because his love is agape... His love is that unconditional type of love. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about because us as human beings, sometimes we have this conditional type of love. Like, uh oh, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. But if you don't do this for me or you, you can't do that, then I don't really care for you. I'm not, you're not helping me. You're not bringing nothing to the table, so I'm out. But this isn't the type of love that God, the creator of heaven and earth, loves with. He has an agape love that is unconditional. And even though these animals, his creation, wasn't bringing nothing to the table to him, he still loved them very much. And guess what? He had to slay them in the Garden of Eden because sin came into the earth. The Bible says that he made clothing for them because they realized that they were naked when they had sinned, they had become like God, knowing evil and good. You know, the gospel message has never been appealing to the world around us because it's a bloody message. You know, the gospel has never been appealing to the world around us because it's a bloody message it's a bloody story and it's a bloody truth it's messy but can I tell you right now church of Jesus Christ your sin was pretty messy your junk was pretty messy them lies you told was pretty messy the adultery you might have committed was pretty messy and it takes a messy God who will get down in the middle of your junk and save you and heal you I'm talking about the blood of Jesus that had to be shed on Calvary that paid the price for your sin and paid the price for my sin and all of my junk. You know, we talk about the, the world don't understand it because they're like, man, that, that, that's bloody, that's, that, that's gl- gory. And I really don't understand it because when, when movies are made and they're bloody and gory, they actually sell more. Let me tell you something right now. This scene on Calvary was the bloodiest and the goriest that has ever been on the face of the earth. Jesus was marred more than any man on the face of the earth, and he did it to restore your image and my image. They didn't, they couldn't even recognize him. Oh, Jesus. I watched The Passion of the Christ with my wife last night and made myself sit through it. Oh, my gosh, was it horrific, and it didn't even do it justice to what he went through they spit on him they pulled his beard out they whipped him with a cat of nine tails and put stripes on his back so that you could be healed of your junk and I could be healed of mine the blood of Jesus there's no other blood there's no other name it's messy the gospel message is messy come on somebody I said the gospel message, it's messy because your sin and my sin was messy. But back to the point of the bloodshed and animal sacrifice, watch this. Number one, it was pointing us to Jesus so that we would understand the only way back to the Father was through blood. Hebrews 9.22 says there's no forgiveness of sins without Bloodshed. And you might ask, well, why did it take blood to get back to the Father? And that all started with the garden like I just read a minute ago, right? He had to kill his own creation so that he would cover up the sin of his other creation. You know, we're created in God's image, amen. And my wife, a couple of weeks ago, she went on this event with a bunch of ladies what was this place called? Board and, brush. Board and Brush. So they had pieces of wood that they picked out and they were painting it and staining it and putting. Uh, nail hooks on it and all this stuff, right? And she come home, and let me tell y'all, my wife don't get too excited about much, but she come home with this thing that she had created. It was actually a key ring for our keys, right, at the house. And it was beautiful, and it was awesome. And she was so excited about what it was that she had made. And can I help you this morning? You and me are created in God's image. God gets excited when he looks down on you, and he looks down on his creation. And in Genesis 1, says, Said, oh, what I have made is good. Oh, what I have made is good. I love my creation with an agape type of love, that love that's unconditional. See, and it was the same type of love that my wife came home with that board and brush key ring thing. I can't, I don't even know the name of it, but it was awesome. And she was excited about it. That's how your Heavenly Father thinks of you. See, we're created in God's image. And He loves his creation. So it hurt him very deeply when he sacrificed those animals. So death entered the world spiritually when Adam and Eve ate of the tree in the garden. But death came physically when God had to slay his own creation to cover the sins of mankind. So when they... Killed animals in the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. It was a reminder from the beginning of time. And the Old Covenant that says sin always produces death. Let me say that again. Sin always produces death. Let me testify to that real quick, because when I was out in sin, it's a miracle that I came out of it alive. I was spiritually dead. I was broken. My life was a mess. Death was all around me. Everywhere I'd go, it'd be like a fire just right behind me. I was destructive. I was chaotic, and death was all around me. We know from Romans 6, 23, it says that the wages of sin is death. Anybody ever been in some sin in your life, and, and just everything around you will begin to die? You'll, be unfruitful, you'll be Unbearing, and you can't produce anything for the kingdom of God. But God says here and establishes it that he is going to make that he that you if you guys are going to make me slay my wonderful my beautiful creation that I agape love if y'all are going to make me do that because of sin I'm going to make you do that every time you sin. Y'all ain't saying nothing this morning I'm teaching real good. See, we got to understand this stuff. This ain't some weird paganistic thing. This is a reflection of what happened in the garden. And God says, if I had to do it, y'all are going to do it because I love my creation. And I'm trying to teach y'all something that when you sin and you get mixed up in a wrong lifestyle that's contrary to God, it is going to produce death in your life. That's what Jesus and the Father have set up this system for. It reminds them that sin produces death. That when you sin, bloodshed has to happen because you forced me to do it. Oh, see, see, we forced him to do it, and until you get born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, you've been born again of that. Or you've been born of that man Adam, and so your sin. Made him do it as well. But this is also a picture of the future with my one and only son to redeem you back to your garden state of mind. Come on, somebody, because his blood is strong enough to wash your conscience clean of dead works. I want to read something to you real quick and break this down. And then I'm going to preach. So the old system. Under the law of Moses, this is Hebrews 10 1 through 10. If we can get that up on the screen there. Hebrews 10, 1 through 10. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow. It was a dim preview of the good things to come. Come on, somebody. The good is now here, not the good things themselves. But the sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year. But they were never able to provide perfect cleansing of those who came to worship. If they came could have provided perfect cleansing. The sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once and for all at the same time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Can I help us this morning? The blood of bulls and goats can't make your guilt and your sin disappear. But there's the blood of this one named Jesus. That can sac- that- But instead. I'm getting excited. I got to finish reading this scripture. I'm getting excited, but it, but instead, those sacrifices. Watch this. It actually reminds the people of how sinful that they actually are. It reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible. Watch this. For the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why Christ had to come into the world. Come on, somebody. You did not. This is Jesus speaking in the altar. You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but but you have given me a body to offer. Come on, somebody. You were not pleased with burnt offerings and other sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. For Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices and sin offerings and burnt offerings and other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the old covenant in order to put a second one into effect. We ought to shout for that, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Oh, Jesus, I came to tell somebody, the blood and bulls and goats can't clean your conscience. But when you have a real revelation that Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1 says that if you're in Christ, you're already holy, blameless, righteous. I'm telling y'all, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can do that. The The sacrificial system, it was really only a sort of atonement. The best way I can describe that is this, because when I was broke, I couldn't pay my bills all the way, right? Before I came to Jesus, I was an addict. And you go to Verizon, if you, don't, if you don't have all the money for your bill, they'll take your money. And they'll even keep your phone on within hopes that you will continue to pay that bill. You ever had any problems with the electrical water department? Go up there and tell them, I'll give you whatever I got right. They'll keep your water on. See, that's some, it's a sort of atonement. You're paying just enough to keep the lights on or keep the water on, but you ain't paid the full bill. See, this is what's happening in the Old Testament. It's covering them, but it ain't changing them. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost, because that wasn't in my notes. I said it's covering them, but it ain't changing them. Because only the blood of Jesus can actually change you from a drug dealer to a hope dealer. It's only the blood of Jesus that can change you from a prostitute like Mary Magdalene to the first one that's seen him and said, he is risen. Oh, Jesus, I'm just getting started. Can I give you some good news this morning, my friends? Jesus is the final atonement and his blood is the propitiation. He... Paid the full bill on that cross at Calvary, and his blood speaks a better word. Yeah. Hebrews twelve twenty four says, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. Abel's blood cries out for vengeance. Guess what? 63 million babies that have been murdered, murdered in America, their blood cries out for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus Christ cries out for mercy. His blood speaks a better word. The blood works. Come on, somebody. I said the blood works. Come on, somebody. The blood has power. Come on, somebody. There's wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. There's chain breaking power, yoke destroying power, demon chasing power in the blood of Jesus. There's healing power in the name of Jesus. I've seen the blood work. Guess what? The blood is working right now. See, the blood is cleaning. My conscience right now of dead works and all that stuff that I got caught up in as a youngster and all that stuff I did in my 20s. The blood of Jesus is working on it right now. I've seen the blood snatch souls. Come on, BTB. Come on, Miriam. I've seen the blood in the name of Jesus snatch souls. I've seen it bring new new men, bring men and women to new life. I know the blood works. Hey, hey. Don't get it twisted. The blood still works. We need some preachers that will preach about the blood. We need some mothers and fathers that will plead the blood. We need some grandmamas that will plead the blood. I wish I had somebody in this church right now that says I plead the blood of Jesus Christ every day if I need to. Plead the blood. Speak the blood. Jesus. We need the blood. I said, we need the blood. Because guess what? What can wash your sins away? Nothing but the blood. What can make you whole again? Nothing but the blood. What can make you white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus and no other fount I know. There's nothing but the blood of Jesus that can change you, heal you, and set you free. See, the blood of Jesus will bring salvation. It'll heal you, but it'll also protect you. Yeah, that's what that pleading the blood stuff is about. Pleading the blood. It will protect you. We need the blood. We need some preachers that will talk about the blood. We need some preachers who will plead the blood. We need some mothers and fathers that will stand up and plead the blood. We need some grandmothers that will pray for protection over their grandchildren and plead the blood. I plead the blood over this country. I plead the blood over my nation. I plead the blood over you. I plead the blood over this church. I plead the blood over this nation. I plead the blood over this region. I plead the blood, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I plead the blood over BTB. I plead the blood over Miriam House. I plead the blood over every ministry that touches my hand. And I suggest that we start pleading the blood of Jesus Christ all over this country once again. Because we used to be a people that would plead the blood of Jesus Christ and take some offerings to the altar called prayer. And we would reach the throne room of heaven because your prayers are like incense right before the throne of God. And when he smells it and when he sees it coming up, God wants to answer your prayer. I'm telling you right now... He sit on the edge of his throne and say, Michael, did you hear what my son just asked me for? Let's do it. Go. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know what? I wonder if I got 10 people in this room that's willing to give 10 seconds of some radical praise for the blood of Jesus Christ. If you'll plead the blood of Jesus over your family, if you'll you'll make a commitment today that says, I plead the blood of Jesus over every circumstance. (laughs) Glory be to Jesus. Watch this. Teaching hat back on. You might be asking yourself, what in the world is this brother talking about? Pleading the blood. What does pleading mean? The Bible, all throughout the New Testament, watch this, is set up like a courtroom. The Bible. All throughout the New Testament, it's set up like a courtroom. Because watch this, Satan is your accuser. He's the plaintiff. You're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. Jesus is your mediator and your lawyer. And the Father is your judge. And guess what? Your life is the case brought against you. I got some good news. Watch this, though. The blood is the DNA proof and the evidence for the case to be dropped and dismissed against your life. Hey, hey, because when you go into a courtroom and you got a case, they better have some evidence against you. Trust me, I've been in one of these places and they better have some evidence against you. But I came with good news today that the blood and the DNA of God himself, the blood of Jesus is the DNA proof and evidence that the case is to be dropped. Jesus. What does it mean to plead the blood? pleading the blood is actually a legal term think of it as a lawyer pleading his case before a judge he presents evidence and the facts to support his case we have examples of this term all throughout the old testament in first samuel chapter 24 and 15 and psalm 43 when the accuser says we're guilty Our plea before God, the righteous judge, is the blood of Jesus. It changed everything. The blood of Jesus established a new, and watch this, a better covenant between us and a holy God. How many of you know you need a covering when you got a holy God? Because we are a people of unclean lips, and we are people with unclean lips. But the blood is our defense. Come on, somebody. I said, the blood is our defense. It actually declares that you are not Guilty, but free from the penalty of sin. The blood also gives us authority and dominion, watch this, to resist Satan and put him out of the affairs of our lives. Oh, Jesus. Pleading the blood of Jesus Christ as your defense, it actually proves and says that you are not guilty. We have been decreed free from the penalty of sin and death. Because of Jesus' sacrifice at Calvary, the devil has no legal right to interfere with our lives anymore. Come on, somebody. See, we got to start taking control of this thing and taking responsibility of this thing and saying, devil, you know what? You got to sit down, shut up, take a back seat to what the Spirit of God is telling me to do. We've been given victory. And provision, and we can walk in victory because of the precious blood of the Lamb, the devil can't interfere with you no more. Every day you have the right to exercise the authority by pleading the blood of Jesus and what he has done for you. Refuse to give the enemy one small inch of territory. Satan is a defeated foe, and the precious blood of Jesus makes us victorious. Come on, somebody. That's worth giving God a hand clap of praise in this place. Back to what I said about the blood and DNA. Do you understand that the the blood of Jesus is the DNA of God Himself? I'm gonna teach you something. Do we understand the DNA and the blood of Jesus? Is of God Himself. Watch this because the Bible says that no one went into Mary, but she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is able to say, Before you was, I am. He's the son of the living God. He's the firstborn over all creation. He is the visible image of the invisible God. For by him, all things were created through him that were created on heaven and that are on earth or under the earth, whether visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions, powers or authorities. All things were created through him, by him and for him and in him. All things consist. That's Colossians one. If you need an address. Oh, I wonder this morning. Do you know him? I said, I wonder this morning, do you know him? He is a wonderful counselor. He is called Mighty God. He is called Emmanuel, God with us. He is in his blood, in his DNA. It gives you the ability to become a born-again believer. The Bible says in First Peter that you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. And that word for seed in the Greek is the word sperma. And yes, it means exactly what you think it does. Do you understand that? Do you understand exactly what that means? If you have been born again of that seed... If that seed has hit your heart and that DNA, then that DNA has hit your blood. Y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. The seed of God himself is within you when you have a born again experience and the seed of the father has hit your heart and now your bloodline has changed. You don't have the bloodline of Adam anymore. You don't have the bloodline of the curse. If you have that DNA, then victory has hit your life. If you have that blood, then victory has hit your life. And the case and the charges against you have been dismissed. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I was just speaking about this with family and friends a couple of months ago over lunch. And I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this brother named Ron Wyatt. He was an archaeologist. And he claims that he found the Ark of the Covenant hidden in caves underneath Golgotha. The book of Jeremiah says that Jeremiah hid the Ark of the Covenant where people say that they have still not found it to this day. But this archaeologist, Ron Wyatt, says that he found it. And he says that it's under, it was under Golgotha and it can't be reached anymore from where the earthquake shook the earth. Where Jesus was crucified. Ron Wyatt says that the actual blood of Jesus hit the mercy seat On the Ark of the Covenant, which was a foreshadow and a picture that Moses had to set up. When they would sacrifice the animals, they would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. And this brother says that the Ark of the Covenant is underneath Golgotha. So you know what that means if what he's saying is true? That the actual blood and DNA of God himself is speaking a better word. It's speaking mercy over your life. And the blood of Jesus has hit the mercy seat. We don't have time to unpack all of that today, but I want to encourage you to read your Bible and study it out. Ron Wyatt actually got a sample of this blood. And he took it to Israeli scientists and they told him, sir, running a test on this would do us no good. The blood is dead. It's it's old. It's ancient. It's been around for a long time. It's dead and it's old. He said, run the test anyways. They called him back amazed and said, sir, where did you find this? They said, not only is the blood alive, the blood has 24 chromosomes. I'm going to lose my mind here in a minute. Not only was the blood alive, the blood only had 24 chromosomes. I didn't do too well in school, but I know this much. It takes 23 from your mama, and it takes 23 from your daddy to make you human. But I came to tell them Israeli scientists this morning... I came to tell him this morning that there was only 23 chromosomes in that blood because he only had them chromosomes from his mama and he had one from his daddy because his daddy was Father Yahweh. Come on, somebody. Give him praise in this place. It's DNA proof that he's alive. If you came in doubting this morning, you ain't got to leave doubting this morning. I'll give you another fun fact. Go Google this when you leave. The Shroud of Turin, I looked at this yesterday, and I don't, I'm not saying that it's true or whatever about the Shroud of Turin. I, I don't, don't know that much about it. I haven't studied it out enough to tell you that I know it's true or not. But the Shroud of Turin, it's actually the thing that they, it's the, the sheet that they say was wrapped, that Jesus wrapped, was wrapped in, in the tomb. You can Google this right now. I give you permission, pull out your phone. But it's, it says, That there's only female chromosomes on that blood. There's no male chromosomes on that blood and on that sheet. You want to know why they don't just come out and just say that that, that this is the truth or this is that? The world don't want to hear it. The world don't want to hear it. I'm really surprised that Google even released that. That's their statement. It's the first thing that pops up. It's crazy. The world doesn't want it to be true. But I came to tell somebody that the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that I'm preaching this morning, that blood that I'm talking about this morning, it is alive and well, and it has been placed on the mercy seat, and he's actually seated at the right hand of God, the Father in heaven, and he's interceding on your behalf, and he's interceding on my behalf for when we make mistakes, because guess what, if you say yes to Jesus today, you won't be perfect, but I cannot tell you that he can make you perfect in, in God's sight when he sees you holy and blameless why because you're just washed in the blood come on somebody I said you're just washed in the blood see when you're washed in the blood Jesus sees you differently father Yahweh sees you differently when you say yes to Jesus you know the bible actually says is, it really blows my mind Mess with my theology big time that that you're holy you're blameless and righteous in God's sight when you're actually in Christ too many people out here are thinking that, but they really ain't in Christ. See, because if you're in Christ, your behavior will change. Because yeah. if you've got new DNA, new behavior will come. Come on, somebody. Come on. But I, I, it's crazy. I'm holy. I'm blameless in God's sight. Even me as your pastor, I still make mistakes, y'all. I am. I am flesh and blown, bone just like you. But I'm blameless and holy in God's sight if I'm washed in the blood. Jesus. Help me, Jesus. The blood of this man named Jesus has 24 chromosomes, 23 from his mom and one from his father, Yahweh. And I came to tell somebody on Resurrection Sunday that DNA, that bloodline is the only thing that can give you new life. That bloodline is the only blood that justifies Romans 5. That blood is the only blood that can, that can forgive, Ephesians 1-7. That blood is the only thing that can save us from God's wrath, Romans 5-9. That blood is the only thing that can make you spiritually alive. That blood being shed is the only reason why supernatural healings can come to your life, Isaiah 53. It's the only, it's only in that blood that eternal life is found. If the life of a thing is found in the blood of a thing, what type of life do we have access to through the blood of God himself? Y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. I'll tell you what type of life You can have you can have life and life more abundantly. You can also have eternal life. I said you can have life and life more abundantly, you can have eternal life, like Eric was just saying. Jesus didn't come to the cross on Calvary, allow them to beat him, scourge him, and mar him more than any man on the face of the earth just to punch your ticket into heaven one day. He came so that you can have life and life more abundantly. He came so that you can have peace when you lay your head on your pillow at night, knowing that you're right with God, and that if anything ever happened, you'd spend an eternity with with God and spend an eternity with your family who said yes to Jesus, y'all ain't saying no thing this morning. That blood is the only thing that can give you that life, that can give you eternal life. We got to stop preaching this thing that Jesus just came to punch your ticket into heaven. That, That blood gives you way more access than that. Before I said yes to Jesus, I didn't know what it was to have peace. I didn't know when the police were kicking in the door. I didn't know if somebody was going to shoot me or rob me or or stick a knife in my neck. I didn't know if I was going to have uh, my children be with me. I didn't know if I was going to overdose one day from the next or blow my brains out with depression, anxiety, and fear. Before I said yes to this blood and before I said yes to this Jesus, all of these things were a part of my life. It's through the blood. You know, I did a little study and a definition and lookup of what blood actually does in the human body. And blood plays an important role in regulating the body's systems and maintaining homeostasis. Other functions include supplying oxygen and nutrients to tissues, removing waste, transporting hormones, and other signals throughout the body and regulating body pH and core body temperature. I might preach this. Because if that's what the blood of a regular human can do, what can the blood of the son of the living God do? In your life. It says here that it regulates the body's systems and maintains it. The blood of Jesus can maintain and sustain you. Come on, somebody. It says here that the blood gets you oxygen and nutrients and everything that you need. I'm here to tell you that by the blood of Jesus, you have access to everything that you need, physically and spiritually. It says here that the blood removes waste from your body and removes trash and things that you don't need. Ah, oh, that right there of preaching. We need to start preaching it more. Because the blood of Jesus can remove trash, and it can remove sin, and it can remove junk from your life. Yeah. Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his, what? Blood. Jesus' blood purifies you from sin. Come on, somebody. I said Jesus' blood can purify you from sin. The blood of Jesus can break every piece of sin off of your life. The blood can break every addiction off of your life. Y'all ain't saying that. The blood can heal your marriage. I said the blood can heal you from anything that you have going on in your life. The blood can break every curse off of your life. The blood can send signals throughout your body and tell you what to do or where to go. My physical body actually sends me signals. When Jesus walks into the room, I can feel him. Not only can I feel him, but I stand on the truth that says he's with me even when I can't feel him. The Bible says where two or three are gathered there, he's in the midst and that he inhabits the praises of his people. The blood can regulate the temp in your body. And guess what? The temp is always on fire with Jesus. because lukewarm stuff won't work. I only got about six claps with that one. I'll say it again. The the blood is only one temperature, fire. The blood is only one temperature, hot. Because if you ever get to a place of lukewarm, you better turn up the heat, baby, and get in your prayer closet and get back in church and get back in the glory and get back in the presence. Because if you're ever lukewarm, Revelation says that he's going to spew you out of his mouth. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at PastorCalebMac. See you next week.